Celebrating first glorious win in Formula One race. Bring great success. In my village, they honor me with many things. First, new donkey is top of the range, GLX. Secondly, my family is given television. Television does not work, but still bring great prestige. Finally, my villagers said to me, if I win second race, they bestow on me new hairstyle. Will not make me look no more like, uh, how you say, Kitty Fiddler. Get out of speed! Yes, that's what the show is. Uh, I'm the one called Gareth. These two are the ones called Richard and Zog. Say hello, boys. Hello. hello. Uh, did you enjoy the race on Sunday, Richard? You just asked me because you know full well, <laughs> Mr. Jones, that unfortunately I went to see top 80s songwriter, singer Lloyd Cole in Camden Town in he swinging London. Yeah, many words and a many lovely acoustic gig on a Sunday evening. And I thought, what a textbook Sunday I'm going to have because I'm going to watch the race and I'm going to go and see Lloyd Cole smashing unfortunately I forgot the race was in Canada and they're behind us in, in many so ways, many ways. In yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree I didn't say that uh, we, no, we love Canada yeah it, it, what are you talking about well and, uh, we loved the race though we loved the, it was a well, great race yeah, apparently it was a great race unfortunately I was listening to some quality acoustic songwriting type stuff it was a fantastic race but I think not quite in the way that maybe we'd hoped I think no. at, least, you know, at least speaking as a Lewis Hamilton fan are we all um, yeah, we're all hands up, Lewis fans. Here we are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but did you see the? But before you get into the race, did you see the qualifying? Did you watch? Uh, I did watch qualifying. qualifying. Yeah. How was that last session? The end of the last session wasn't. That, I mean, I even Alonso was good again. You know, that was one. Of, I mean, I, I thought that was one of the most exciting, uh, thrilling, you know, end of a session qualifying that I've seen for a long time. And I don't know. I, I, I just found that you know the moment that uh, Hamilton, you know. Just in the very dying seconds, you know, posted a, a time, you know, point six of a second quicker than Kubica, who just come done a pretty storming time himself. I, I it just blew me away. It, it, re me, it uh, reminds it, me, it moved me. Yeah, well, really be, be, uh, perhaps because we care so much about Lewis. The re what I was going to say is, it reminds me of the days when Damon used to do that. Damon may not have been the greatest racing driver ever, but he worked to the very best of his abilities, which made him a great man, Absolutely, a great yeah. performer. Yeah, and he, time and time again, in the closing seconds of old-fashioned style qualifying, where he had was it three I can't even remember how old qualifying went now that's how old I am and uh, the, you know in the dying moments Damon would deliver our boy would come up trumps and that's what Lewis is doing at the moment isn't he I found it reminded me a little bit more of a kind of a classic Hakkinen storming qualifying lap yeah uh, you're sort of waiting to see what he can do and he comes out and he does something really special but you heard about what happened in the pit lane Richard even though he didn't see the race no, I heard about heard. that yeah. yeah can I just say you know, old-fashioned qualifying. Yes, well, wasn't it quite good? It was. Why don't yeah. they do it anymore? Yeah. yeah, you know they're going a bit old school next year. What with you know the change in aero and tyres and all the rest of it, and why don't they bring back old qualifying as well? Because it was good. I, I think it's as simple as you know, it's television and it's money. It's the the problem with the old qualifying is that you can't guarantee the people that are paying a lot of money for the TV rights that there's going to be action on track. 
you know, at particular times. You've basically got to spend a lot of time watching dusty, windblown track before you get that moment when, when the cars actually do start to come out and, uh, and turn their laps. And the format might be great for the fans and it's great for the people at the circuit. If you're... Well, heaven forbid that TV, F1 would do something that would please the fans. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, yeah, not but, when Santander are, uh, <laughs> are, are providing all that great... I think I've got my mortgage with them, though, so I better stop being... <laughs> yeah, you better be careful, mate. But, <laughs> no, but, 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 but this is the tragedy, isn't it? Well, tragedy, but it, it's what it is. It's a fantastic spectacle, it's a great sport, but it's also uh, a huge business for most of the time. We know, what was it Frank mm. Williams said about it being, you know, it's a sport for two hours on a Sunday afternoon. The, the rest, rest of the, the time, time is business. Yeah. And it's a very, very big business and there's so much money involved. So, yeah, the sponsors and TV people get to call a lot of the shots. What is it they say? Every solution creates a new problem. And what they did was try and fix that problem where we had like half an hour of nothing happening on the track and, you know, commentators trying to make something of nothing and then a load of action at the end. So they introduced this single shot qualifying thing, which allowed you to see every driver doing their thing and it was, you know, it happened right through the time but it just wasn't exciting. It was over before it was done, you know. Mm. So they had to fix that with the latest version of qualifying, which is a compromise, which works well for me. I re- like you say, it was one of the most exciting qualifying sessions in quite a while. It's a good compromise generally, and, uh, and certainly this weekend we saw it, you know, working out particularly well. You know, I enjoyed all three sessions, but certainly that, that, that third session was <sighs> something special. Every solution does create a problem. For example, uh, I thought I would save time by sleeping in my shoes. And what was and the problem with yeah, that, though, Richard? Don't have a shower in your shoes. Don't have a shower. Unless they're Crocs, of course. <laughs> As I noticed, you're sporting this evening. No, 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 I wouldn't wear Crocs. <laughs> what do you think I am? Some kind of fashion victim? Some kind of North London dandy. <laughs> uh, where were we? Yes, yeah, so the, the race. race. So talk me through but, but, Well, I mean, the important stuff was um, Lewis got away well, uh, led from the start of the race. Uh, safety car came out after... Quite who, early. It was, uh, was, uh, was, Sutil. It was Sutil, yeah. Yeah, yep. Sussil had a problem, stuck out on the track, uh, and they all c- car out. Everyone, ca- everyone came. The, the leading cars came into the pits as soon as they could after the pit lane opened. They all took off at the same time. They're all racing for the end of the pit lane, or rather, they were kind of going in order. I think it was it was Raikkonen. Kimi got out Alonso. first. Yeah, no, no, it was. Raikkonen, and then uh, Kubica, uh, Kubica then Lewis was Lewis, right behind then him. Rosberg. Yeah, and Raikkonen and Kubica streaked away, braked at the end of the pit lane because the light was red. Lewis and Nico took off as the uh, Ferrari and the BMW went past them, and by the looks of it, they just weren't expecting a red light at the end of the pit lane. They were just expecting to head straight out onto the track behind the the Ferrari and the BMW. And they ran into stationary cars. So if I may quote um, Lord William of Ocean, the popular Dagenham-based uh, <laughs> singer from the 80s, Hang on. Uh, red light spells danger. Exactly. Oh, but that's, that's, that, that's pretty good lyric, remembering. That's pretty good, uh, he, he, that here's the thing, though. Um, I think we're all being really sympathetic to Lewis and Nico because we like them. You know, and they drove into the back of Kimi. Now, if Alonso had done that, or some yeah. driver that we really didn't like had done that, we'd be saying, you fool, why, why weren't you paying attention yeah. to the lights? This is important. But it was an exceptional circumstance. And this isn't just because I'm defending Lewis, because I love him so much, and, and, and Nico, actually, to be honest. But yeah, it was a very strange situation for the cars to be released from the garages onto the circuit and to find a red light at the end of the pit lane because the train oh. hadn't gone past. Mm. Well, how unusual is it? I honestly don't know because it, if you mean release, you don't mean release from the from from the pits because the teams are obviously just going to do their pit stop. Lewis screwed up 
Um, yep. Rosberg screwed up. The safety-related rules of racing are some of the most important rules that there are for drivers to obey. And red light at the end of the pit lane means you don't go onto the track. Yeah. That's don't a very let John important, Button very smoke basic. Next to the, the, the fueling rig. <laughs> yes. well, so they imposed that one fairly early on a couple of years ago. Don't let Flavia Briatore have a go at your fueling rig. Don't, don't let Flavia like Briatore anywhere near any girls that are in the pit. Don't let girls near him. It's an incendiary situation. <laughs> um, Gareth, have you got the uh, the beat machine here today? I have got the beat machine with Good, me. Good, because I was yeah, going to yeah. say, what it, it seems to me on, on looking at it uh, retrospectively yeah. is that when all's said and done, they f- Oh, <laughs> yeah, they did. They utterly f***ed up. Yeah. F***ing idiots. <laughs> Bloody f***ing idiots. There's a bit of smoke coming out of the beat machine. <laughs> You're working hard there, boys. I'm saying that you have to attach some blame to Hamilton and to Rosberg for not paying enough attention. They should have had their eye on the lights at the end of the pit lane to see whether they could go to the track or not. Having said that, you know, in their defence, when two cars streak past you and you're racing yeah, yeah, with yeah, them, the red you know, yeah. you're going, you're going. You know, you're going. Yeah. I think it was actually driven... Not by the right foot, because I'm not sure how things work these days without launch control and, and all that kind of stuff. But my guess is it's got more to do with the pit lane limiter. That Lewis had his foot flat to the f- not flat to the microphone there, <laughs> limit, had his foot flat to the floor, and he's on the limiter. Yeah. So that car is going to accelerate as fast as it blooming well can to get up to at least its its speed and he may even have come off that button just before he crossed the line at realising oh it's too late and he can't slow the car down from that point so I'm not moving the blame away from the guy who's in control of the systems yeah. but I think the systems may have played their part in that dreadful incident last thought on this I do wonder if the the changes in the rules around safety cars and the pit lane and the way those have changed really quite a lot in the last couple of years if I remember mm. I wonder if that's contributing to it there's basically a bit more confusion about when you're allowed to come into the pit lane or not or when the pit lane's yeah, open yeah I know well, the pit lane's closed the pit you know? lane's open I mean it's all really good we're watching it on telly they tell you with a little caption yeah. but, uh, but you don't get that if you're in a racing car doing 180 miles an hour yeah. um, can, can I just say though the thing is also having just read about this race and, and just seen news cuttings and things like that about it the thing that struck me uh, the headline when I got in from my Lloyd Cole concert was Robert Kubitzer, a great success, uh, and and he won. I mean, let's yeah. not, you know, we're talking about let's we're talking about all these this, this we snake in the, you know, yeah. we've backed Kubitzer. We like Kubitzer. You know, yeah. he's a we like cat. Kubitzer, he's and he's won his first race. And, and he's a one too. Yeah, I know. And then also, who'd have thunk it? Crazy Dave, third. Yeah, when he doesn't crash into somebody, you know, he he can have a pretty good race. <laughs> I'm in the paddock with David Coulthard here in Montreal. David, you must be thrilled the way the race went for you here in Canada. No, not really, no. Uh, very disappointing. Um, I tried to collide with people, but just couldn't get the opportunities. Uh, watching all the other guys getting breaks, you know, managing to uh, crash into each other. And that was very frustrating. Um, Lewis did a great job, innovative crashing. Nico thought he wasn't going to make that stick, but, you know, he really managed to... Um, go home early and uh, I was just stuck out there with almost no chances uh, to damage the car I'm sorry for all the guys in the team who'd worked so hard to uh, put it together so I could smash it again in the end I, I, I just had to put my foot down I, out of frustration really just trying to uh, catch someone who I could uh, wallop into but uh, it didn't work and before I knew it the race was over and I was made to stand on uh, some kind of naughty step No David you came third that was the podium Oh all oh, right. Uh, uh. I thought I recognised it, but um, all right, podium. 
Will, will I get to stand there again if I do this pundit's job for the BBC next year? Oh, I said too much. Debbie Coulthard, you're deluded. If you listen to this show regularly, you'll know that we've all got proper jobs. Except for me. Well, no, that's not true. I've got a proper job. And me. Yeah. I'm not sure I've got a proper job. No, I don't think anyone's got proper jobs. Not really no. proper jobs, no. but we do, really, are no. they? It's like a job. Uh, but, uh, Richard, you've probably got, the at the moment, what's the potentially most exciting job? Because, Richard, you're the script editor on a programme which has no script. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Emmy uh, Award winning non-scripted programme. The, the BBC show Top Gear, which if you know the show, you will know Top Gear. And this is good because we can actually find out what's going to happen on Top Gear by forcing Richard to talk about it on the programme before the BBC do, or very close to when the BBC yeah, do. Yeah, the BBC to keep telling us not to talk about it. And I've been doing a, a, a load of interviews uh, uh, last week to promote, because I've got, this is another shameless plug, but I've got a book out. Uh, I know. Yeah. We, Go on, tell us what it is. The book's called My Dad Wished He Had One of Those, and it's a sort of little canter through lots of supercars from the 60s and 70s and 80s that your dad wished he had, but he didn't because he'd got a Cortina or something. Uh, in all good bookshops now, and some probably quite rubbish ones as well, I don't know. But uh, it's doing quite well. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's doing all right, I don't know. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, so anyway, that's out, but that's not the point. I was doing these interviews with uh, my co-author, Giles Chapman, to um, plug the book, and, and some of the uh, radio DJs DJs that we were talking to were asking about Top Gear and I, I was a bit reticent about talking about it because um, the BBC marketing people have, have said to us you know oh, keep your powder dry keep your powder dry and it's the thing is we're very very excited about this series so I thought well I'm not going to talk about it on on like radio Rutland or something um, <laughs> I, I, but I will talk about it on this show because you know we we this is what we do we yeah. talk about things and this is like the mothership so yeah, uh, yeah anyway but the, well the gist is Top Gear's back on the 22nd of June um, for, for six weeks same team same team uh, there's been some stuff in the press about oh, there's a there's a fourth member of the team and people have been saying oh is it Sabine Schmitz uh, you know the, the Nürburgring mistress God, who drove goddess, the, yeah. who's been on the show before she's friend of Top Gear um, and no it's not her she is going to be on the show we've done a thing uh, she presents a, uh, a, a German car show the German equivalent of Top Gear they've got three presenters and they talk about cars strangely familiar and they challenged us to a competition so we sent our boys out to um, Belgium, which, as everyone knows, is a country that was sort of created for England and Germany to have big fights. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, yeah, um, yeah. and to have a series of scraps. So Sabine is going to be in that. That's what she's doing. She, her and her two co-presenters from the German TV show are going to take on uh, Richard, James and Jeremy uh, in, uh, in a series of challenges. Oh. And uh, the main challenge for our boys was to not mention the war, <laughs> uh, which I gather they might have failed at uh, I guess in particular the rather for Jeremy. the rather yes. embarrassing way in which they arrived I can't say any more than that but it is, it's quite spectacular and involves some really big piston engine planes um, now, I'm, so, I'm, I'm going to be critical of like Top Gear here yeah, right because I'm not I love Top Gear but occasionally in the past it has veered occasionally towards um what was that series called? Last of the Summer Wine. Yes, yeah, so it is. It Last was, of the Summer Wine. It was a, some cars in it. A, Instead of a bathtub rolling down a hill. But bit of a bit of an artificial. Bit of about it, yeah, bit of a in the present, in the bit of a drama. Yeah. Has yes. it gone back to a bit more reality? I think there's a there's a mixture because the the sort of three men careering down a hill is is quite popular. So. 
Um, but what we've tried to do is sort of wind it back to some of the things when they were doing stuff together, three people, three silly middle-aged men messing about together. So the first show that you'll see on the 22nd of June, the challenge we gave them was make your own police cars. Because the theory was <laughs> that the British police car is usually a diesel Astra, and when you watch those stop, camera, crash, police action kind of programmes... You get an American cop in, like, a Ford Crown Vic, and he's careering through a gas station, causing an explosion. And there's a German policeman, and he's in a Porsche, and he's ragging it down the autobahn at 180 miles an hour. And then they come to this CCTV footage from somewhere in Reading, and there's, there's a bloke in a diesel Astra, and he's shuffling the steering wheel it, through his hands. Exactly. And then he's terrified of chasing some crims down an alleyway, because he doesn't want to scratch his Astra, because <laughs> the police have still got, like, 17 payments left on it, and it costs <laughs> them 12 grand. <laughs> so probably take out his pay package. Exactly. Yeah. So here's the theory. Buy a police car for no more than a thousand pounds and then it's disposable uh, you can do what you want with it so we sent the three boys off and said but go and buy a police car something that you think would be the suitable basis for a police car spend a few quid more just turning it into a police car not a lot you've got a thousand pounds that's it go for it and then we'll set you a series of challenges and it is it's great it's great it's it really innovative thinking including james may's idea of how to be covert with a siren <laughs> I mean, Which basically involves an ice cream van. <laughs> really? You've given a lot away now. That- I probably have said too much. But anyway, that's, so that's it. We're coming back. Yeah, so, so ice cream vans. Uh, we've we've uh, sent them out to Japan uh, for a big race, Nissan GTR versus Bullet Train. Oh, uh, yeah. But it's a bit more complicated than that because otherwise the Bullet Train win. They've got to get across Tokyo and things like that. It's all That's all going to be quite interesting. Uh, while James was there, he went to drive some cars as well and gave a lift to some sumo wrestlers, which uh, is good. And we decided that, we've often said on the programme, you can't be a petrolhead unless you've owned an Alfa Romeo. And Jeremy has said this more than anyone. And Rich and James have always agreed with him. So we said, all right, fair enough, you think that, go and buy an Alfa Romeo. But Mm. your budget is, again, £1,000. Now, it's quite hard to buy a decent Alfa Romeo for £1,000. It's hard to buy a decent Alfa Romeo for £10,000, isn't it? You're going to buy 75% Alfa Romeo, 25% Rust, I think. This is is sort of some of the problems they encountered. Uh, It's not all bad, but, you know, you've got to be aware of what you're getting into. And they they found out the hard way. I'm looking forward to this because, I mean, the challenges for me are often the high point of... uh, uh, of the show, the from the last couple of series, the, I, I can't remember quite how it was quite was billed. But it was the kind of um, can you get an Italian supercar for sec, for second yeah. one day? Yeah, yeah, ten grand. Yeah, yeah, ten grand Italian supercar yeah. challenge. That and the that answer was, was no. Absolutely insp- yeah. <laughs> it's just no. Uh, no so no, yeah, no, it's, right. it is. It's more of the same. We tried to do a little bit more of that. Yeah. Uh, we've got a bunch of supercars. We've got Alfa C, We've got uh, Ferrari F four thirty Stradale. Just a, a wealth and, of and loveliness. The GTR, uh, GTR there, is yeah. there, yeah, a couple of bites of the GTR. The usual thing. And then a fourth person, it's not it's not Sabine Schmitz, it's just it's a new person. He's like he's like the stick, but he's a bit more daring. Uh, probably not allowed to say any more than that, but he is uh, Wow. Uh, he's, Ooh, he's could, a, it be, could it be a, a, a racing driver who we might recognise perhaps? Uh no. But oh. <laughs> any more than that. But there is some stuff. And we, we had an attempt at something which uh even the experts who tried to help us out with the complicated maths on this told us was probably impossible and so it could have gone anyway and the result is spectacular not necessarily for the right reasons all the time but but yeah this new guy is is just an occasional thing he's going to come in he's not the stick because no one's a stick the stick is the stick and, and there is no replacing the there stick. is no replacing the stick until he injures himself then we'll just get a new one here's a little aside but I was doing a bit of research on barges and narrowboats the other day <laughs> and one of the websites why? long story 
one of the reasons that I came... Long, narrow story. Oh, very good. But one of the sites I came across was the website for the company that converted Hammond's... Uh, the Hammond's van. Yeah, 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 the damper van. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 well, are they, are they uh, proudly boasting of their association with something that basically sank <laughs> as soon as it went <laughs> in the water? Well, the, Boast, mildly boasting. I think. I think they were. They were. They were sort of hoping there'd be a little bit of uh, kind of referred glamour from the, the Top Gear Association. <laughs> they were representing it as the greatest engineering success that Britain has ever. Well, no, off, because but... Richard did the plans, and he has no idea how to engineer a boat. Geek <laughs> corner here, guys. I think Hammond, when he did that, chose the wrong Volkswagen. Do you remember the advert? Kubelwagen, perhaps, would be the, the, uh, the Amphivagen, or as it, uh, the Amphicar. Uh, no, 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 no Kubelwagen. Yeah, it was an amphibious version of the Kubelwagen. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of more the Beetle. There was an advert for the Beetle in about 19... When did it get the rounded windscreen? Oh, 74, about 72. 72. Like yeah, yeah, the Super Beetle. Where they drove it into a pond. Yes. And it floated very nicely across the pond Do because the door seals were good. Do you reckon In the that? 80s, yeah. uh, Top Gear presenter and also Gordon's live star... Peter Duncan yes. uh, tried to sail a Volkswagen Beetle across the Irish Sea oh, yeah, and, and sank. sank. Yeah. I went round to Peter Duncan's really lovely house in South London once and interviewed him about Did that. Did you? He was a very pleasant man. Very yeah. pleasant man. Yeah, uh, nice hey, all kids TV presenters, though. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> and do you know what? If they asked me to do Top Gear, they'd have to change the name. Jones Gear. <laughs> Uh, yeah, now, yeah. Uh, we'll be right. watching the new series of Top Gear, which starts on June when? June 22nd on BBC Two, 8 o'clock, if you live in the UK. If you don't live in the UK, I don't know, give it an hour after that and then have a look on YouTube or Final <laughs> Gear or something. It'll be there. Welcome back to Newsline Roundup About. With us today is South African Foreign Affairs Minister Samuel Mwawe. Mr Mwawe, can we turn to the thorny issue of Zimbabwe? Yes, uh... We in South Africa are appalled at the situation there. Yes. The right-wing views, the ridiculous regime. Yes. The ludicrous incumbency of someone who should by rights have no mandate at all and is only there through some flawed and ridiculous vote. Yes. And, of course, the absolute horror of seeing the president's bottom been spanked by a German hooker. Yeah, what? You have evidence of this happening in Zimbabwe? Zimbabwe? Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you said the FIA. Gareth Jones. We love watching cars so much that Zog and I went to the cinema to watch the Monaco race two races ago. Yeah. Was it a great experience, Zog, you explain? Well, it was certainly an experience. For those that don't know, the uh, Odeon Cinemas have been uh, doing this thing whereby they're, they're showing in HD uh, a lot of the Formula One races this season in their cinemas. So you turn up at the cinema, you pay your... Uh, 20, 12, quid. Oh, hey, how much? It was, 20 quid. 20 quid. 20 quid. It was quite expensive. It was quite expensive. Do you remember that quote from the young ones? 20 pounds to get to buy a bedroom. What have we done? Did you have a disco? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> so, so, so it's a lot of money. So, so 20 quid, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it's not cheap. It's more, more than the regular movies. Um, but you do get to sit in a nice, big, plush, comfortable Odin cin- cinema uh, with your popcorn and whatever ice cream and other sort of things you pick up in the foyer to yeah. uh, it help your enjoyment of the race. And you've got uh, 5.1 sound. Uh, it is HD. It's on a big screen. Fantastic. 
However, it didn't really work. For the first 40 minutes of the programme, we had stuttered images. It moved for a second, froze for a second. Moved for a second, jumped for a second. I'm glad I'm not epileptic. I'm serious, I would have had a big, bad, bad day. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was it was driving everyone in the. Cinema. I mean, I, I said the cinema was about what half full, maybe there were there yeah. about sort of fifty, sixty people. Sixty there, people. I it, was, I it was one of the smaller screens on the in Odeon Shaftesbury Avenue, Avenue. Yeah, and a lot of people were getting quite unhappy. There'd be about sort of ten, fifteen minutes of the jerky image, and then you sort of get blank screen and some computer menu screen, and somebody was obviously doing something to try and reset the system, get it back online. But at one they point, they did eventually fix it. Yeah, they but, but before that, it, but uh, before that, at one point, there was this guy behind us who. Big Sniff Petrol and on Speed Fan, I'm pleased to say. Um, yeah. Got his mobile phone and he said to his sister, Put the phone by the TV. Oh no. And everybody in the room held their breath and he had the phone Leading on speakerphone. And we were listening, trying to make out James Allen going, <laughs> He couldn't really make out what was oh, going no, on. You should have rung with Valiant, Well, I, I phoned Taz, another on Speed pal, and got him to tell me what was going on. And I was broadcasting in the cinema telling everyone what was going on at that point. Well, you didn't ring me because you thought I'd have gone to like a. I thought you were political. <laughs> you can never rely on Richard to be watching a Grand Prix because he's probably gone to some kind of 80s concert. Yeah, prefab sprout or something, <laughs> I would imagine. So I phoned Taz, I was relaying all this, and the, about t- 10 minutes, 5 minutes through this phone call, the image suddenly came back. And so I, I shouted to everyone in the cinema, say thanks to Taz, and 60 people all went, thanks, Taz! How surreal is that? But when the picture did come back, and they'd sorted the server problem, which wasn't local to the cinema, it was all Odeon cinemas, I'm told, in Britain. <coughs> well, we'll come back to that. Continue. Oh, really? Con- yeah, oh, really? Well. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, when it did come back, by gum, it was beautiful. Um, there were two bits that really worked for me. I know you want to talk about the sound and the, and the, mm. uh, and mm. the, the, the safety car, um, but I want to talk about Lewis's eyes. Because yes. when you've got yeah. an image that is, what, Zog? 30, 40 feet across? I don't know, pretty f- big. I mean, it's huge, <laughs> big, big. You know, big, big. It's a cinema screen, it's big, it's huge. Um, and you've got that shot from just behind Lewis's steering wheel, looking through the wheel back at him. You could see Lewis's eyes wide open, super concentrating. And I've never seen that in Formula One before, you know, to see mm-hmm. the whites of their eyes, yeah. literally. And that, that was really passionate. And you like the sound, didn't you? I, I love the sound, because I, I, I found it was, I mean, well, I mean, you know, TV sound generally is a little bit crappy, and, you, you know, you're not usually in the best kind of acoustic environment. You know, even if you turn the sound up, then you get something that's louder, you're, you're, you're losing a bit more of the background noise of, you know, whatever's going on in your mm. house, street outside, but you've, uh, but, you know, but it's still, they're still generally sort of crappy TV speakers. This 5.1 surround... Uh, it just sounded so much better. You could hear so much more of what was going on at the circuit. Yeah. You could hear the engines in a way that you just could not hear them on a normal TV broadcast. And yeah, and as you say, particularly with the safety car, which just had a much kind of stronger bass note. Mm, in it sounds the, pretty in good the, on normal telly, so it must have been amazing. It, it wobbled my stomach. It. Have, oh, yeah, fantastic, and fantastic. Nico's crash when Nico glanced off one wall and slammed the other. Oh, yeah. Everyone in the cinema went, "Oh!" Was it like one of the, in the Star Wars when those Tie Fighters yeah. bounced <laughs> off? <laughs> you felt that impact. It was a real. You really heard it. We were talking about this because the sound was very different to what you hear on the normal UK TV terrestrial broadcast. I, I think it was a completely different feed. It wasn't the same pictures and same sound, but with different commentary. Uh, it, was it was the, the international feed. The international feed. Yeah. And whether that feed just has more 
kind of trackside audio in it or yeah, whatever yeah. it is but uh we heard tires skittering. It's, um, we heard yeah. bits of carbon fiber sliding down the circuit you could hear bits mm. breaking off and tingling that was so nice you're re- I know, notwithstanding 40 minutes of picture hell and having to bring your mate Taz but yeah. you're really selling it to me I'm, I'm quite it, I'm, I'm up for going to see it, it, it it's worth doing and, and well you got freebies didn't we, you because we, we you complained so vociferously about yeah about we did and well, the popcorn was stale too we got the money back and they did give us a voucher to go and see the next race if we want in the cinema the thing is I'm not sure I can do it because if I go again and we have this kind of there's no option if it breaks down you can't go to your mate's house no. you're in the West End yeah. and you can't watch it again later because by the time you get home you will have seen a newspaper or heard the results mm. somewhere it spoils mm. it it's a really big risk but if there was one feature which really sold it for me going to see it in the cinema it was the commentary which was by Ben Edwards who used to do A1 Grand Prix who I am a huge fan of and I think he should be the man to do the BBC gig next year you've heard me say this because he does excitement in the way that Murray used to do excitement oh oh, Nico Rosberg oh he gets excited and his sidekick was Karen Shanduk, the GP2 driver who'd finished, I think, in the top six or even perhaps got on the podium in the GP2 race the day before. So he knew what the conditions were like at Monaco. And he was spot on, technically, Karen, wasn't he? What yeah, a broadcaster. Commentary was great. Oh, no, it was, it was, it was very good. I, I, I was impressed. Um, and particularly now, now that I've got my, you know, complimentary ticket for, you know, another one, I will be going again. But, but yeah, let, let's just talk about how kind of Odeon did on this because I think, uh, you know, the manager did the right thing by giving everyone who'd paid to see that race, yeah. giving everyone a complimentary ticket for, for the same again yeah. because so much of it was unwatchable. You, you were rightly unhappy about the stale stale popcorn, which is, which is often a bit of an issue at cinemas. Uh, you get at, ba- at cinemas, better popcorn at, at uh, Speed Towers when you're watching a race, don't you, Richard? You've had that popcorn. Oh, yeah, you're a good popcorn. We yeah. came yeah. around here and we had great we had popcorn. Top popcorn. But the, the, top <laughs> popcorn. <laughs> Jones popcorn. Top Yeah, But a bit of a quibble. I, I think he was fibbing when he said that it was a central problem uh, that was affecting all of the audience that were showing it. Because... Um, um, because uh, Stevie, friend of uh, On Speed, who yeah. uh, who regular listeners may remember, I don't know, about a year ago, he we phoned us when, yeah, yeah. when... No, no, no. He phoned he, us. He phoned us when that's we were in the middle of recording a show, so he kind of got on air. Uh, <laughs> he sneaked on air. So yeah, that's true. Anyway, Stevie went to see it with uh, with his kids in Wimbledon, and they had perfect picture all oh, the really? yeah. They didn't have any problem at all. But, you know, if you want to go, we can risk it, but, you know, be prepared to be disappointed if it goes wrong. That's all I'm going to say for now. I'm sorry, I was listening to what you were saying, I promise, but I've just seen a brilliant window into the mind of Mr Gareth Jones. I just looked over at your bookshelf behind yeah. the telly there, which I've never really looked at before, and the thing that caught my eye was that, in order, there is a biography of Enzo Ferrari, yeah, uh, a book by Professor Sid Watkins, oh, yeah. and next to that, I think it's some kind of biog of Noddy Holder. <laughs> yes, of course, yes, yes. That's Gareth's head. That's like the <laughs> hard copy of Gareth's mind just up there. That's all I've got to say. And I heard that someone called DH was going to be on a TV programme I watched recently, and it was either going to be Dave Hill or Damon Hill. Either, either way, way, I'm going to be happy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what we call a win-win. Yeah. Listen, that's it. We're going to have to wrap it now because we're running out of time. Um, well, I've got two things to say before we finish. First of all is that 66.6% of the on-speed team are going to be at Le Mans this year. Yeah, and the other 33% is really really beat machines really working. unhappy <laughs> he's not going 
<laughs> Sorry, Zog. Uh, hey, Sorry, these Zog. No, no. Yeah. Richard and I are going to be there. We will record some stuff on this recorder, and uh, it'll be almost live. We'll turn it round within 24 hours at the end of the race, I hope. Mm. And we're going in some style. We're not camping this year, are we? Ooh. Yeah, I'm just going to walk out of the room when you talk about this. Sorry. Just... We're staying in a chateau this year. We're flying in, right. in a nice plane. So we won't... Sog, this is your cue to shout sellout from over there. <laughs> so he really has gone over we there. We usually drive and camp, and it's great, but <laughs> not can. this year. You really listen. can. I can't listen. You should. Sorry, Sog. He really has walked away. We've upset him. We've... Oh, no. Okay. We'll make it up to him. Go and oh. play the drum machine instead, Sog. It'll cheer yeah, you up. And and the other thing is, before we go, um, I was trying to work out what bit of music to finish the show on this week, and I, you know, I've got a couple of songs waiting to go, but I'm not going to put those out. And I thought, well, we should celebrate Kubitzer's win, but we've played the Kubitzer song twice. Do you remember we played it when it was Robert Kubica, then we played it when it was Robert Kubitzer. So, what anthem do we finish the show with? The answer is not the BMW anthem, which is a German anthem for their first win. Instead, we're going to go out on the Swiss National Anthem because I reckon this is Sauber's first win. Fair enough, Zog? Agreed. Yep. Yeah, well done, Sauber. So, uh, well, how do they say goodbye in, in Switzerland? They say it three times, don't they? They say, Arrivederci, au revoir, and au revoir. Yeah, and we'll see you for the Le Mans show in uh, a week's time. Say bye, guys. Cheerio. Bye-bye.